0: Please remain standing and pray with me. Holy Spirit, we come Sunday by Sunday and now for 10 years and have proclaimed our dependence upon you for instruction in the Scriptures. Lord God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, open your word to us this morning. Open your heart to us, Lord, through the Scriptures this morning. We would hear from you, Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, give me the ability to speak clearly and cogently, and Lord, under your unction, with your hand on me as the preacher of your word. And grant every one of us, preacher and congregation together, the ability to hear the word, and not be only to hear it, but become doers of it also. And We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, can you believe that it has been ten years? Ten years. We've been Christchurch now for ten years. That's kind of a big deal. Some of you look really old now. Uh, not me. No. Look, y'all. It was just. It was just. Just for men in the beginning. You need to know that. I just stopped using it. Uh, I, I was going to start this sermon with some reminiscences, but since I'm now 10 years older than when we started, I'm really not sure that my memory is that reliable. So instead, I've got like 25 minutes of random unrelated thoughts to convey. No, seriously, uh, we need to stand around after this time. Uh, and certainly, we, when we get to our prayer time, there's going to be a place. One of the petitions is to offer thanks for how God has blessed us through this church. And I would encourage you to lift your voices in praise and thanksgiving verbally during that petition that we will name before the Lord. And we need to stand around and share our sweet memories of all that has come before this day when we gather uh, for hospitality following this service. But the most important thing today is that we remember what really has brought us to this point, and that has been the faithfulness of God. That's what's brought us to this point. So today, here's what I want us to think about. Uh, first of all, it is alliterative. So, that's a, so that qualifies as sermon material right there, you know. So the, first of all, we're going to talk about the God-ordained foundations. The God-ordained foundations of this church. We're going to talk about the faithfulness of God. We're going to talk about the fruit God has given us and then we'll prayerfully consider the future that God has in store for us. So with that alliterative lineup, here we go. Uh, Christ church is based on the God-ordained foundations of His church. We are going to spend the most time this morning talking about those foundations, and you will see why at the end of this sermon. Our mission statement that we have as Christ church, many of you could probably tell us, it is to win people to Jesus Christ, it is to make disciples of Jesus and to send those disciples out for transformational ministry in the world. That's what we say we are about. We are about here at Christ Church. And when we started Christ Church, we had to figure out how we were going to implement that, how we were going to do that mission statement. So we determined from the very beginning, from when that first core group met, that we were not going to be driven by or dependent upon man-made methodologies based on marketing or entertainment events or always trying to be new or novel or cutting edge. That just makes me tired thinking about doing it that way. We were not going to trust in the arm of flesh. As the prophet Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the lord and we did not want to go down that path we wanted to be blessed is the man who trusts in the lord whose trust is the lord he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green And it is not anxious in the year of drought. The year of drought, we started in 2008. Does anybody remember what was going on in 2008? Who starts something new in the midst of an economic collapse? Does not, is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You can see that, you can see this kind of God-centered methodology, even how we do uh, evangelism. When we started out, and we still do this from time to time, when we started out at Christ Church, our evangelism program was this. We had a cutting-edge evangelism program. We, we sent off, we hired a, a consultant, and, and then we got all the marketing stuff. No, we never did that. What we did is we made a list of names of people we knew were con- disconnected from Jesus and His church, We prayed together and individually for a period of weeks for those names. And then we invited them to come with us to church. And they came. And that's how we did it. It's not really fancy, is it? It's not that exciting. But it's based in a focus on the sure trust in the Lord, not on our own ingenuity in order to build God's kingdom. You know, Christ church is intentionally founded on the apostolic bedrock of what we call, in the Anglican way, word, sacrament, and discipline. Word, sacrament, and discipline. And that term discipline literally refers to the entire gamut of disciple, disciple-making practices. Word, sacrament, and disciple-making. We embrace God's, listen, ordinary means of grace. The ordinary means of grace given to the church by our Lord Jesus Christ through his apostles, as the means by which we would plant and establish this church. And they were right there in Acts 2.42. We heard them this morning. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. That's what we do here. We do that. The apostles' teaching, that is simply God's word. We preach it. We teach it. And by God's grace, we live it out, the apostles' teaching. The breaking of the bread, the bread, and the prayers. In other words, the liturgical, sacramental life of Christ church. What do we mean? We mean that we break the, the bread, we break bread in the meal that our Lord Jesus Christ has given us, and we do it here every Sunday. Again, it's not fancy, it's just what God promised to use. We pray the prayers. There is a definite article. In other words, the ancient liturgy of the church taken directly from the Psalms and from the other scriptures and turned into prayer through God's saints who came before us and passed it down through the book of common prayer. I love the book of common prayer. My charismatic brothers and sisters will understand when I say the book of common prayer is my personal prayer language. The fellowship, the fellowship at Christ Church, we deeply share in one another's lives. We do that through life groups. We do that through that special gift, that special anointing of the Holy Spirit that this church has for welcoming and loving and incorporating everyone who comes through those doors, those big red doors at the front of this church. We also do it through our servant teams. Those servant teams are genuinely the hands and feet of Christ ministering to this world and to the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. And those servant teams are a means of fellowship, not just of service, but great fellowship has been built through those servant, servant teams. In fact, in fact, it's going so well that I hear that our food pantry has a church. God has blessed that. Here's the reality. I believe that Christ church has become, listen, we have become an extraordinary church through being ordinary. We have become an extraordinary church through being ordinary because that is God's way. Ordinary people living their ordinary lives consecrated to God through the Holy Spirit. Ordinary water is used for baptism, the sacrament of the new birth. Ordinary bread and wine are God's chosen means to be truly and supernaturally present to us every Sunday. That's how much God loves us and wants to be close to us. He takes most—he takes the most ordinary material elements of his creation and he says, I'll tell you what, use this stuff with the faith that I will be here with you and I'm going to show up. And he does. Tish Warren writes, of all the things he could have chosen to be done in remembrance of him, Jesus chose a meal. He could have asked his followers to do something impressive or mystical, climb a mountain, fast for 40 days, or have a trippy sweat lodge ceremony. But instead he picks the most ordinary of acts, eating through which to be present to his people. He says that the bread is his body, and the wine is his blood. He chooses the unremarkable and plain, average and abundant bread and wine. Brothers and sisters, you need to hear this. Many many Christians, particularly those of us in evangelical and charismatic circles, many Christians are shipwrecked. By their belief that a church, in order to be valid or, or for a Christian life or a home to be genuine, it must be constantly exciting and dramatic. But when we do that, when we demand the exciting and the dramatic as the benchmark for genuine Christianity, we dishonor and disrespect the goodness of God that abounds in his extraordinary, ordinary creation. A world that is charged with the grandeur of God. God has chosen ordinary things. Ordinary things that are sustainable because that's what our lives are filled with. He gives us a sustainable discipleship because he gives us a sustainable, ordinary world full of his grace practice it in we want mountaintop experiences and dramatic consecrations and dramatic rededications and dramatic conversion experiences and I had a dramatic conversion experience but it seems that in disciple making and in genuinely transforming lives God doesn't aim for the dramatic but for the mundane y'all look listen in in John chapter 9 verse 6 When Jesus opened the eyes of a blind man, he spit on the dirt and made mud and placed it on the man's eyes, and his eyes were opened. God uses spit and dirt. God uses mud to do the extraordinary. And he still does. We are drawn to the heroic when God seems to care about ordinary practices of daily life. Again, to paraphrase Tish Warren, the crucible of our sanctification, the crucible of our sanctification is in the monotony of our daily routines. I thought this was going to be exciting. He used the word monotony in a a sermon. Have you thought, listen, have you thought about the fact that the most foundational acts of our lives are almost always repetitious, like eating? I am fully committed to the repetitious act of eating. Uh, EB says that, that, that this uh, arm brace is there because I've strained my arm eating lasagna, but... Uh, <laughs> God, I put another one on this side for the fried chicken. (laughs) Things like eating and sleeping. Do you realize the repetitious act of sleeping, if we don't do that, life just disintegrates. Or the repetitious act of bathing. That's that's an encouragement for some of us. (laughs) Especially if you have teenagers brushing your teeth, kissing your kids goodnight. Brothers and sisters, the same is true of God's church. It's what we do do here every Sunday looks a lot like what we do here every Sunday. The way we do morning prayer every day. These are ordinary, even repetitious things that God uses to make us ordinary saints And to be an an ordinary saint, to be an ordinary saint in this world is to be extraordinary indeed. I want you to hear the good news, Christ Church. God's ordinary foundations, the ordinary means of grace never wear out. God's word, the sacraments ordained by the Lord Jesus Christ And the emphasis on disciple-making will never grow old or out of date. God will renew and revive them and us through them as the years and decades roll on. And if we continue to build on these foundations, Christ church will be here generations long after you and I are dead and with the Lord. God uses ordinary things, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things, and it will last. Now, God has been extraordinarily faithful to us over the last ten years. We have seen the faithfulness of God. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. God's faithfulness was demonstrated at the very beginning by bringing together what I think was the perfect core group to start this church. We started with the best leadership team I could possibly imagine. In fact, it was so good, I would often talk to Lisa about it and say, "Uh, Are these people for real? I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop, it never did. It really was that good. It was a sign of God's faithfulness. That that initial core group had the right combination of Christian maturity. They were in the perfect season of life. Most of us had our kids grown up enough that they could take care of themselves and our mamas and daddies were still grown up enough that they could take care of themselves. They had just the right spiritual gifts. And as the... The years went by and God continued to add to that number. One of the things that we saw as God's radical faithfulness to us was the radical generosity of the people that he brought to this church. And we're here today because of that. And at just the right time, God kept adding to that group. People people who had skills. Like... Like, when I showed up with the, with the giant mixing bowl that I bought at Chef Mart, and I asked Cornell Bowden, can you build a, a, a font, a baptismal font around this? And he said, I think I can do that. And so Tom McAllister and Cornell Bowden put their head together, and we have a baptismal font. It's the best one I've ever seen. We, you can put an entire naked baby in that font. <laughs> and we have. When we needed an altar for our church, we went back to Cornell and to Tom, and sure enough, they put their heads together, and uh, through friends of theirs and ingenuity and and a vision, we have an altar in this church because we had people God faithfully gave us with mad skills. Every, Every time we needed to move in order to grow, God opened the doors for a new location. One night at the end of 2009, one of our parishioners called me, um, he, he had been blessed, and he was praying, and he said, he, he called me, this is what he said, I'm not kidding, he said, uh, Ben, I, um, would it be okay if I gave a financial gift to Christchurch? And as a pastor, of course, I said, no, that would not be good. <laughs> and so I kind of had in my mind, I thought what it would be, and uh, I said, sure, sure, we'd love, yes, you by all means, give us a gift. And the, the number that he stated literally left me speechless Uh, And it's it's the amount of money that we needed for a down payment to get into this building. At just the right time, God showed his faithfulness through his people. We have seen God's faithfulness in dramatic answers to prayer. I mean, if we could just stop and for the rest of this service, people could give testimony after testimony of dramatic answer to prayer. Um, Right off the top of my head... uh, uh, when Randy Ogburn came here, Randy, uh, Randy talked like this. He had to have uh, Botox shots in his in his vocal cords so that he could even whisper. I mean, they had to literally give give the man botulism in order he could that he could talk. And and by God's miraculous answer to prayer, you know, Randy can talk. He really can. You should try it. <laughs> I can't forget um, Owen Stakeman, Uh Premature. We had we've had multiple premature babies here at Christ Church, and and in the case of Owen statement there was uh, he was really premature, and what every parent dreads in that situation happened to him. He had a dramatic, um, devastating brain bleed, and we we were just, I mean, we were so concerned. We didn't think. We didn't think Owen would ever, you know, have a normal life. Well, if you know Owen (laughs) Stakeman, he's got all that and then some. That boy is wide open. I mean, I'm glad he had a brain bleed. I'd hate to see what would have happened if he had everything. The Lord had to hold him back just a little bit. No, seriously, dramatic answers to prayer over and over and over again. And even when the prayers we cried out to God for weren't answered in the way we had hoped for, we still saw God's faithfulness. Even when the worst thing that could happen happened, we still saw God's faithfulness flowing from this congregation, coming in waves of grace from his altar. We've seen great fruit here. Jeremiah chapter 17, again, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and he is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And boy, have we ever seen that. Christ's church has been an exceptionally fruitful congregation for the last 10 years. We had prayed, I remember uh, when it was, when we first gathered, and, and Lisa and I were the youngest people in our group, in that core group. Much, much younger than everybody else. <laughs> okay, with one exception. <laughs> and, and we were... We prayed. We prayed as a group. Lord, would you please send us some young people? And and you know what? Uh, evidently, we were such cool older people, or as uh, Claire Kettner has said, uh, experienced people. Um, that uh, yeah, we started having young families show up, and then Christ Church started p- praying for babies. We prayed for babies, and boy, did that happen! We have had dozens of babies in this congregation. I don't, we need to count that number up. Uh, it's in the communion wine, so just be warned. Something's going on. Watch out. We've seen people who have never known the Lord, people who were genuinely post-Christian, people who were so post-Christian, they didn't even know Christianity well enough not to like it or to dislike it. They just didn't know anything about it. We've seen those people come to the Lord. We've seen people accept Christ and be born again by his Holy Spirit. We have, now this does not count adult baptisms. We have baptized in the last 10 years 41, those are the ones I have the, the records for 41 infants and small children. 41. It's amazing. 84 confirmations. I've seen, that's amazing, y'all, for a church this size. And we have seen, and one of the most wonderful things I've seen, and we've seen together, and that is really a gift that this church has, is we have seen people who have been churched all their lives for the first time genuinely come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and that's happened in this church. We've planted two other congregations in 10 years from this church. I don't know any other church this size that has done that in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, Christ Church has trained six young men for full-time Christian ministry who have gone on to be ordained as deacons and then presbyters, Tom Boast and Stephen Linkus, Cameron Robinson, Sam Forniker, Jesus Dominguez, and Chris Bora. I mean, there are churches who don't see a single vocation for ordained ministry in a 10-year period, and we keep seeing those people show up time after time after time. So as we look at all of that, what would be God's future for us? Well, here's what I think it is. All right, you ready? This is, again, it's not hard and it's not fancy, but here it is. Our future is our foundations. Our foundations are our future. The Word of God, our unshaking commitment to the power and authority of God's inspired, infallible Word. That means biblical preaching. It means convincing people finally to use the gifts of morning and evening prayer in the Anglican way as a way of administering God's word directly to our hearts on a daily basis. Sacrament. God loves his material world and he uses it to pour super abundant grace into our lives. Jesus comes again every Sunday at his table and we will not cease from from using the sacrament. The discipline of the church, disciple-making of the church. Yes, discipline does mean disciple-making, or we will continue to emphasize life groups, servant teams, catechesis through every means, and especially children's catechesis and the foundations course. And sometimes discipline actually means corrective, restorative discipline in the church. We practice that at Christ Church, and we're going to continue to do that. And thanks be to God, you should be thanking God every day that your bishops do it to me. It's a natural part of my life. But if we were also to dream about where that emphasis on the foundations were to lead, if we were to ask where would God be leading us, if you were to ask me that question, and this comes out of my time of prayer, if you saw, uh, if you saw the, the video yet, uh, I hope you will. It's posted online. Go to the church's website and you can go see our 10-year anniversary video. Uh, Chris Bora produced. It's beautiful. Uh, But in that video, Tom Bose says that uh, uh, Ben Sharp goes to the woods uh, in order to pray, to hear from the Lord. And so if you want to know what I've heard from the Lord, I'm not saying this is a thus says the Lord, but this is what he's put on my heart. I would state it like this as a series of questions. Wouldn't it be great to have a worship space that would accommodate our entire membership and was large enough for further growth? right here in the neighborhoods that surround downtown Winston-Salem. Wouldn't it be great to be a church of 250 that sends out 50 people to plant the next church rather than a church of 150 that sends out 30 to plant the next church? Think of the resources we could build into that next plant from the very beginning. Wouldn't it be great to have a fellowship space large enough for us to all gather in for a meal together. Wasn't yesterday amazing? I want to do that at least once a year now. Wouldn't it be great if areas of the church building were accessible to folks who have issues with mobility so that they would not be excluded from times of fellowship and teaching? Wouldn't it be great to have a bigger, brighter space for our children, for nurseries and for Christian education? Wouldn't it be great if Bill Bledsoe's dream could come true and we could have a warehouse for the food pantry? (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? Expanded ministry will happen as God provides expanded expanded space. We're going to do it just like we started this church. We're not going to do it with the arm of flesh. We're not going to do it with the ingenuity of man. We will do this with with prayer and petitioning before the Lord. So as we move into this next season, that's what we will be discerning. That's what we will be praying about. But here's what I heard in the gospel lesson this morning. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a woman who, who took a little bit of leaven and mixed it in with a big batch of dough until the entire dough batch was leavened starting with something little it grows to something big when it's the kingdom work of god brothers and sisters we've seen that in christ church we continue to see that we expect that to continue to happen god has been so faithful to us he can, he will continue to be faithful to us if we will stay planted firmly on the foundations in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen I invite you at this time to stand and join me